Hello and welcome to Raw Fork Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marina Buxov, or just Dr. Book for short. I'm a community pharmacist and an herbalist dedicated to serving my clients in the best way that I know how. I'm bringing you this podcast to share with you like-minded pharmacists and herbalists that want to work alongside each other and share similar visions for patient care. Please enjoy the show. Hi everyone, thank you so much for tuning into the show. I hope you're all staying well and healthy during the novel coronavirus epidemic of 2019. I hope you are taking precautions and handling social distancing well. It really is probably best to follow the guidelines regarding isolation to make sure you don't contract the virus and don't uh, come into any contact with anybody who's carrying it. Uh, Today's episode actually ties in perfectly. We talk a lot about immune health and I was honored to interview a very inspirational person of many talents, Dr. Lynn Lafferty. She's a doctor of pharmacy and licensed pharmacist naturopath, herbalist, nutritionist, and chef who is committed to finding the safest and most effective means to promote health and wellness over disease and illness. She works with chiropractic and medical doctors and other health practitioners to integrate traditional and non-traditional medical modalities patients may seek for their medical care. In this episode, we dive deep into the many hats Dr. Lin got to wear as an integrative pharmacist from industry to drug info to clinical to consulting to educational settings. Tune in to learn about ancestral wisdom, root causes, immunity, herbs, and supplements from a lens that is both scientific and spiritual. Currently, Dr. Lin is an associate professor of pharmacy at Nova Southeastern University. She's worked with veterans exploring alternative treatments for PTSD, brain injury, hormone imbalances, depression, and sleep disorders. She has websites that I'll have in the show notes that may help give information to families for children and veterans. And you may also contact her directly at drlynlafferty at yahoo.com. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show as much as I enjoyed recording it. Hello, I'm so excited to have you on the show, Dr. Lynn Lafferty. Why don't you just start by telling us a brief introduction about where you hail from and how you came to be this kind of a pharmacist? Well, I, I grew up outside of Buffalo, New York in a small town, and uh, my grandmother had a farm in the country. And then I went to pharmacy school in 1979 at University of Georgia. And at that time, we really didn't have PharmD, and I graduated. And I, I worked uh, in, um, with Bristol-Myers Squibb for a couple of years, and then I actually worked with kids teaching math in, I, as a volunteer in juvenile hall, and I wrote five books on drug education. And I did that for about 20 years and had a publishing company. And then I came back to Florida. My mother got ill and I took care of her. Um, I went to, I also didn't say this. I also, when I I first graduated, I also went and got my MBA at University of Miami. And um, 
I took her to the naturopath and I had gotten very sick myself. And I went to um, the naturopath. I, I went to the best doctors. I went to Stanford. I went to UC San Francisco, which are always named in the top five medical schools. And um, I didn't really get healed until I went to a naturopathic doctor. And um, he gave me some herbs and put me on a diet. And I said, well, why does this work when I've been to the best doctors? I was put on birth control pills. I, I had endometriosis, which had grown into my intestine. I got very depressed from those birth control pills. And then I went on an antidepressant, which made me even feel worse. And when I went on the diet and went on the herbs, I felt amazing. I lost about 30 pounds and said, this is just terrific. Um, I want to learn the pharmacology of how these plants work. Now, my grandmother, I should have known because my grandmother, it was funny when we were little, um, she actually had no electricity or running water on her farm. And my dad was an electrical engineer and he said, um, we are going to uh, put electricity in. He was very excited about this. And she said, absolutely not. It, it disturbs the electrical current in my body. And you know, now I'm on the board of the American Academy of Environmental Medicine. And we talk often about how our patients are affected by electrical current, especially if you put your, you know, you lay your bed, your head down, your bed is near where the electrical box is and also how they're affected by EMF waves. Some of them actually have to move to Kentucky in order to, or, sorry, not Kentucky, West Virginia, in order to live. There's a spot there where there's no EMF for a reason because of the government. Um, <clears throat> so um, I did all that. I went back to Nova Southeastern and got my Farm D and got my naturopathic uh, degree before that doctor degree. And um, I should say it's a certification. Um, I went to Trinity. Um, I wanted to go there at the time. Um, some of the more prominent schools that are four-year schools had a program that a pharmacist could go for two years and become a naturopath. But I sort of knew in Florida they weren't going to allow that probably to happen, a licensed naturopath. And I knew I really wanted to stay in Florida. And um, so I, and I, they didn't, they had as much about drugs as herbs. And when I was in pharmacy school, I did a lot of pharmacology research. And so I didn't really need those pieces. So I really wanted to learn more out of the box things like tongue diagnosis and nail diagnosis and iridology, aromatherapy, reflexology, and those weren't in the, their curriculum. And they've come to help me a lot in my practice today. Um, from after I got my degree, I went to work with locally with a compounding pharmacy called Post Taste with Bob Fishman, who is now 85. He and his best friend named, um, his name is Fred Lipman, um, they owned a big compounding pharmacy called Post Taste Pharmacy. And I went to work there and he was doing clinical nutrition consultations. And I just started a whole journey of going to class after class um, in herbal medicine, mostly, but also some functional medicine, um, <clears throat> going to learning classes on tongue diagnosis, something that's called RAIMS um, therapy, looking at what uh, Dr. Page had written and the way he was um, looked at diagnosing. 
Um, so although we don't diagnose in the state of Florida pharmacists, um, we do assess, make assessment, and we do can recommend um, nutritional consults. And in the state of Florida, our license, we are allowed to bill actually for nutritional consultations. Um, and so anyway, I had a practice after that for about uh, five or six years. Um, and I worked with three physicians who sent me patients. Uh, one of the physicians is doc, was Dr. Judy Wolger, who is the head of executive medicine at University of Miami. So she only saw people that gave over 250,000 to the university. She had 300 family members. And a lot of the wealthier patients are looking for alternative things. Um, if they wanted PremPro that they, the studies show caused uh, cancer, um, they could go to any doctor and get that therapy. So they're always looking for something new and different. Um, so I worked with her <clears throat> quite a bit, and she sent me a lot of patients. Um, and <clears throat> we today we still she works uh, with the man, <clears throat> the, excuse me, in the Agustin Clinic who wrote uh, the South Beach Diet. So she works with him. I'm at the university now. I'm a, a, a an endowed professor, uh, Fred Lippman, that I had talked to you about. Um, he and Bob Fishman. They're so brilliant. They went to Columbia, which was the only Ivy League school. And, and Fred Lippman went on to be a politician or statesman. He's really a statesman for 25 years for the state of Florida in the legislature. And then he became our the chancellor over the health profession division at Nova Southeastern. And so he brought me in initially to help the osteopathic medical school put an integrative medicine department together. Um, I also worked with their nutrition part to put five courses in functional nutrition together. And now I'm working with the pharmacy school because uh, in the pharmacy, if you have, uh, if the incoming students have three courses um, in the state of Florida, they, and they take a board called CNS, they may get a license, uh, a nutrition license, just like any registered dietitian, it's, it's the same license. Or if you already have a license, uh, you may get a diplomate in clinical nutrition, which I have. And that diplomate also, when you pass that board, it allows you to get a license in the state of Florida. It may help some pharmacists because uh, my understanding, I know uh, pharmacists told me last year in Ohio, they couldn't do nutritional consultation. So the state laws are very broad. I know some states don't have nutritionists uh, licensure. They don't have um, the restrictions on who may even give a nutritional consultation. So you'd have to look from state to state. But um, I really recommend people getting their diplomate in nutrition. Um, we're gonna put courses at Nova Southeastern together. And I'm, I actually have, you have to have 300 hours I actually have a course that'll be coming up very soon uh, that'll be online in partnership with uh, NOVA. And that will be, um, that'll be a 32 hour course and you'll get pharmacy CE for that. And you'll also get, uh, you'll also get diplomate credit towards your diplomate if you're interested in that. Wow, that sounds wonderful. I, I'm definitely interested myself, and uh, I'll put the link to that course in the show notes. Yeah, wow. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. That's 
I mean, what didn't you do in your professional career? Wow, I really commend you. I've taken a lot of hits. Um, you know, I'm 62. So I, first of all, I'm so grateful for you inviting me, but really grateful of what you and the younger pharmacists are doing. Um, this is, I think, the wave of the future. And my, I've dedicated the rest of my life to teaching everything that I might know to someone that will listen. So <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at in, in what I'll be doing till I'm 90, I hope 94, <laughs> like my grandmother who lived on the farm and never took a drug. So. Wow. Wow. That is really, really amazing that uh, your family background kind of put you onto a lot of things and just the background that you were able to make for yourself, publishing books, uh, being on the board of the environmental agencies, uh, having your own practice, collaborating with doctors and compounding pharmacies, and then eventually teaching your own courses and multiple levels, you know, to multiple disciplines. So really amazing. Yeah. So what was from that journey? What was your favorite um, thing to do? Was it, you know, just learning everything that you could? Was it teaching? Was it writing? What was, you know, your favorite job, essentially? Well, I, I love it all. I, I, right now I'm working on a book of my grandmother's recipes, of, which includes, you know, when we first would get to the farm, she would have us go for a walk in the woods. She had 150 acres and most of it was wooded. And, uh, you know, it's now called Shinrin Ruku and it makes you very relaxed. So she probably knew we had way too much energy. Let's get them in the forest and do some forest bathing, though she didn't right. call it. And she would show us, you know, she grew, she had a lot of um, American ginseng on her property. I mean, she's still, she's gone, but my cousin and we still use the property. So she's got, you know, American ginseng. She had a lot of herbs, um, turkey tail mushrooms, a lot of things that were growing. Um, and, you know, one of the things she used to do is she would inspect our poop when we were there. <laughs> kind of a weird thing, but, you know, they call me the poop doctor now because I ask everything about your poop. But it tells an amazing story, uh, the color, the, if it floats or sinks, if you have ga lower gas, if you're burping. All of that tells an amazing story functionally about what's going on in your body. Um, so she knew these things. She was a little bit Native American. There, um, we're right in the middle of where the Seneca Indians uh, natives live in upstate New York. So um, she, um, we're a little, we're part Native American. Part of my family married in, and we have people, you know, that are like more than half Native American. And so she learned to plant the way Native Americans plant, for instance. Um, show, you put something with deep roots next to something with shallow roots so that if there's a drought or something that deep root can bring up some water for the shallow rooted plants and you know some plants I, I actually have an acre farm here myself I have about 30 different um, tropical trees that are very healing I, I took most of the trees off the property when I got it that weren't either, even either giving a food or some type of medicinal um, property. And it, in, in Florida, I'm in Fort Lauderdale, we're just kind of finishing up our growing season. So then I have a lot of herbs and things that I grow. And um, so probably my favorite part was really the memories of my grandmother and all the things she taught and showing me good health, showing me 
what a well-balanced diet. My, my family growing up had a well-balanced mm-hmm. diet as well. So I'm, I'm very appreciative to all of that. Yeah. But when you saw your own clients, what was your favorite um, kind of modality that you would use? I mean, apparently you like to ask them about poop, which is important. But uh, what about treatment? Well, not treatment, but recommendation wise, did you focus on lifestyle, diet, herbs or iridology, like you mentioned, or anything else? Someone sits down with me, it usually takes about an hour and a half and they come, they've already filled out a 200 question survey that breaks down the different systems. So are there too many sympathetic or there's too many vascular, cardiovascular, which ends up usually being vascular. Um, Is there, you know, what is out of balance? Is the nervous system out of balance? And then you can correlate that with diet. So if the nervous system's out of balance, you know, the nervous, if you look at the biochemical pathways of the neurotransmitters, most of it, there's other things, there's other minerals and things, but most of it is B, B vitamins and especially B1 and B6. So you then can correlate with what they're eating, you know, and so it's a whole plan and that's really about also becoming a body detective. Um, I'll tell you one case, it's, I think it's very fascinating um, that I got from the university. So um, I, I often at the university, by the way, I have doctors a lot sending me patients to help get them off drugs and medications. So, but this young man, he's 32, he's um, at our university, has kind of a high stress job. And he said, I have tuberous sclerosis type two. And he said, I'm on Keppra and that's like a demon drug and I don't want to be on it. And can you help me? And I said, well, I agree with you about Keppra. I said, but um, I said, I'm not sure what tuberous sclerosis type two is. And he said, well, I get little tubers, like little potatoes in my head and they can turn to cancer. And I just had a new baby and I want to watch my baby grow up. And I said, well, this is what we do about being a body detective. I said, I'll know by tomorrow everything about this. So I talked to one of the residents. So I work with pharmacy and medical students and residents. So I I asked one of the pharmacy residents, I said, I said, Johns Hopkins did a lot of studies on the keto diet back 50 years ago with, with seizures. I said, can you look up that condition and can you tell me what it is? And then I asked the other resident, can you tell me what protein, because it's a genetic disorder that he's not making, and can you find me something that either a plant or animal tissue, because I use a lot of animal tissues. People usually think of herbal medicine as a plant, but no, herbal medicine contains a lot of um, animal tissues, which by the way, when I got out of school, they were all available. Lily Pharmaceutical made like a hundred different animal things. They made desiccated adrenal, they made bile salts, they made, as a matter of fact, our Dean Emeritus used to work in the 60s for Lilly. And he told us one time that the number one selling product when he worked for him was their desiccated liver. Um, So all of these things were prescription, Um, they were standard of care. Um, So basically I'm trying to bring back the best of what was yesterday, but that doesn't mean the patient shouldn't have something from today, like integrate it together. 
So anyway, they, you the, the one student came back and said, yes, they actually did on tuberous sclerosis. And he told me what the patient had, he gets these tubers and it's genetic. And then the other um, young man said, yes, he doesn't make a protein called tuberlin and it's very high in pig brain. And I said, well, I just happen to have pig brain tablets. So he should have seen the look on their face. So I put him on the pig brain tablets and I put him on also, um, we have hemp oil, which is, you know, with the Charlotte's Web was the original idea of how the CBD oil was being used in the pharmacy. And I put him on a type of turmeric that also has an herb to help it more get to the brain for the anti-inflammatory. And also there's five different ways that turmeric actually uh, causes apoptosis of cancer cells and stops the growth of cancer cells. So um, I've done all of that and uh, he has not had a seizure in 14 months. He just came to see me and we're gonna get an MRI. He's going to see actually Dr. Wolger that I, I partnered with a lot and we're gonna write that case up, so. Wow, amazing. And you were able to take him off the drug immediately or did you taper it off? He had taken himself off. When I, yeah, I never, very rarely take somebody off immediately. And I do love, and usually can work with the doctor. Like, you know, Dr. Wolger is, that I've worked with, but you know, I usually they're pretty reasonable. They just don't have the toolbox to be able to get somebody off the proton pump. And they tried it, but they said, oh, stop taking it. You're only, I've had you on it two years and you were supposed to be on it four weeks. And then the person, of course, gets horrific reflux. And then the doctor just kind of wrings his hand. But our pharmacy is pretty much known for that um, in the pharmacy um, to help people get off proton pump inhibitors is one of the things that we're, we're known for a couple of the other pharmacists. We either, I like using aloe. We have this type of aloe gel that it's like tan carved from the Dominican Republic, it's very expensive. It's the company's in Florida, but that works amazingly well. If not, uh, there's a good brand in uh, Whole Foods I recommend that's in glass, um, that's the gel. And then, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's almost like poetry to my ears. I read this, this research piece recently where they were talking about how the mucilaginous herbs, the the polysaccharides in the plant actually attach themselves to the cell and they start to repair the cells. So, you know, from my grandmother's perspective, like uh, we also know things look like uh, in the outside. I don't know if you've ever seen that video on the signet doctor and a signet. Yeah. It's a fabulous video, how things on the outside look like in the inside. So, you want those mucilaginous herbs for um, for repairing the GI tract because it's you know it's all acidic, so it has to have that mucilage in it. So all the mucilaginous herbs that I would use, um, like I like using um, um, digestive enzyme. We have a good one that's got uh, protease with uh, okra uh, and um, uh, marshmallow. I like using licorice is very good for healing GI. Um, so there's just so many, I could go on and on. You'll have to take the class because I could go on and on. 
So do you usually put somebody on these herbal formulas for a short period of time, or is it also something they might have to take for longer and for chronic issues? Um, you know, usually if they'll clean up their diet, um, and it depends on age, because quite frankly, you know, I'm, I'm 61 years old, so um, I take some supplements like black currant oil and um, wheat germ oil will increase your hormones. Um, you can give um, um, ovarian tissue from cow or you can, because it, it's going to, the interesting thing when you give the animal tissues, uh, so I worked with, we have a very, very famous um, world famous immunologist at our um, at our school, and I work with her. And when I she told me, do not give desiccated adrenal. I used to use so much of it, so I didn't for a while. And I kind of I forgot. I really forgot. I wasn't trying to go against her wishes. And I gave someone. She was really mad. And she said, I told you, for these chronic fatigue patients, they got better on five milligrams of prednisone. But when they stopped the prednisone. They, they were worse than they when they started. They crashed so bad. And I said, well, I know this is going to have a little cortisone in it, you know, which is prednisone, because cortisol is or cortisone. And I said, but I very seriously doubt it's going to be like you get in a tablet. So I went back to the company, and it looks at all the metabolites. So there's probably like 12 metabolites of cortisone that are in there. And we have no idea what those other things do either. And uh, anyway, it was in picograms. So it was 56 picograms. So literally uh, one tablet, or maybe it wasn't 56 because the math doesn't work. I just remember it was 50, uh, one tablet of prednisone is 56 million times more potent but it doesn't mean it's more effective because you have no idea how the plant components work synergistically or what these metabolites do synergistically. So um, that was pretty amazing to me. So when you take an animal tissue, it's gonna be in equilibrium to your tissue. You know, you've taken 500 milligrams of, and you've desiccated that tissue, would be like taking 500 milligrams of your tissue. Right. So I understand when you're talking about animal tissues, it probably is worthwhile to get an exact dosage in a desiccated like tablet or capsule form. Um, though one could theoretically say you can eat like, you know, liver, heart tissue or whatever tissue that you want to eat from an animal. Uh, but regarding plants, do you like using them in their whole form or also in supplement form? tell you the truth, if I can just step back one second, I really find that that's a marketing message. So what difference is it if you have 57 picograms or 58 of right. cortisol? It, it's, it's not. And it's also going to be in equilibrium to everything else in those components. And exactly the same thing with the plant. Um, it's going to be exactly the exact amount. So for instance, in lemongrass, they found that Narel and Generel were highly antimicrobial, but Myrcene wasn't at all when they isolated it. But when they put the Myrcene with it, it synergistically enhances both of them to be highly antimicrobial. The same thing with the different senas with senicide A and senicide C, 
when they put those together, they both had anti-constipation effect, but when they put them together in, a, I think it was a three to seven ratio, um, it was much better. So, you know, I look at the bio, one of the things we start off with in my class is to look at the biochemistry map. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I have it on my wall. And I think to myself, one dot on that map, somebody wins a Nobel Prize. And if you can't look at that map and think to yourself that some higher power, and that's to me very big in my practice. I, I also do prayer treatments and meditation with people mm -hmm. um, to know that there is something much higher than me that has created these things. And I can't second guess that. So for me, and I've had it before, I've had people go, oh, I don't like the taste of this or whatever. And they'll go to a chemical vitamin, which mostly they come from coal tar or some chemical, then they're made to look like this ascorbic acid or whatever. Um, I, they just don't work as well. So, I yeah. totally agree. So uh, what I meant, I guess, by the question is uh, the whole form in like a tea or tincture is going to be a little different than taking it in a capsule or, or tablet. So do you have a preference in that, uh, you know, dosage form wise? Well, I, the, okay, the most potent way that I learned, you probably have learned this because I know you're an herbalist is, um, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is by doing a tincture in alcohol. Um, but don't discount a tea. Um, so I like it all. We have capsules. We use a company and I, both two deans of the medical schools have gone to the company and two deans of the pharmacy school have gone and have been blown away by the company because they have a scientific department that is as good as any drug company with $200 million machinery and, and everything. Thing and, and, you know, zero gravity, the rooms, uh, the way they're supposed to be, not zero gravity, you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> um, uh, anyway, um, they make sure they do mass um, chromat spec spectrometry and, and chromatography for each plant that comes in, and they enter coat plants. So, one of the things I'm known for, one of the cases I had, um, she went to NOVA. I was a clinical professor at NOVA when I had my clinic. So I always have had pharmacy students. Um, so I had a young woman at age two come in with bleeding. Uh, no, age two, she was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Age 10, bleeding ulcer from prednisone. Age 15, a tumor the size of a grapefruit from methotrexate or, or Umira. Um, at age 17, she could hardly walk and her wrist and shoulder had fused together and she came to see me. And I have learned um, a long time ago in the literature, if you look up rheumatoid arthritis and gut bacteria, that it comes from gut bacteria and there's a lab that will measure that. And usually it always comes back, the bacteria, the same as um, what it says in the literature. So I, unless they want to spend $600 on a test, I'd rather them spend the money on a solution than the test because I've been doing this for 15 years. But anyway, she went to Nova and she, they go, what happened to you? And she, they, she said, oh, I don't have rheumatoid arthritis anymore. She's like, what? And she said, yeah, I can do jumping jacks. And they said, well, will your doctor come and present? And I had about 125 doctors there and she presented with me. 
And um, at that time, this was about 10 years ago, there was probably 47 things going back to 1978 that rheumatoid arthritis was caused by gut bacteria. Now, one, if you go to PubMed, there's, I don't know, I think there's like 400 things, but if you go to Science Direct, there's like 5,000 worldwide. And it's really cool because the woman that came in to take at the chair position as, in integrative medicine, she was a, uh, she started out as a, um, and she's older than me, she started out as a pathologist. And she told me, she said, Lynn, we used to do really cool things in the hospital years ago. She said, we used to do punch biopsies on the, um, on the, um, the nodules of a rheumatoid arthritis. And she goes, there's all sorts of things floating around there. There's calcium crystals, there's bacteria. And by the way, she'll be teaching the GI portion of my course that I'll, I'll be having online. Um, but because she gives such a, for, especially for us pharmacists who didn't get, I didn't get a lot of anatomy. Um, as a pathologist, she, she just describes the cobblestone that happens in the disease or, you know, whatever, how she has to take a, a saw to the hardened arteries in, a, in the cardiovascular. The way she describes everything is, is very wonderful. So she'll be part of the class. Wow. Cool. So did you end up uh, just giving probiotics or was it a fecal transplant? Well, is what the laboratory used to do. Now the lab merged with another lab and the testing isn't quite what it was before, but they test for sensitivity, 12 antibiotics and 12 natural antibiotics. And usually two of the regular antibiotics come as one or two that it's sensitive, but usually either 11 or all of the 12 they test say that the bacteria is sensitive to that. So one of the things um, this one company does is you were asking me about the form, they actually intercoat their, their um, herbs for the lower GI, which I love. Yeah. And they have a product. So I did it for that, the, for the woman I told you, Dr. Nancy Klimas, it's the world famous immunologist. I did, she has an institute and I, I did um, a grand rounds for her about a year ago, I guess, or maybe less, but it was on looking at pH in the gut and it all comes down to pH. And I really learned that from compounding pharmacy too, because we used to make boric acid suppositories for people with vaginal yeast infections, because that needs to be a certain pH and the boric acid creates that perfect pH for that. And it worked better than most of the medications. So um, I did a whole uh, research, took me a couple of months on the, P, the pH and different bacteria that grow in that pH along the GI system. So one of the studies that was really interesting, they looked at people, you know, your pH in your, in your stomach should be between one and two. And um, they looked at people who uh, had like diverticulitis, ulcerative colitis, all sorts of diseases, and not one of them had a pH stomach of two. As a matter of fact, I, the lowest was a five. Wow. So they're way out of balance. Um, also, um, you know, I feel like H. pylori is an opportunistic infection. We get a lot of students who I've become really close to. Uh, one of the PH student, PhD students I worked on a genomic product with, he's now a professor in Jordan, and he asked me to come and speak 
they have a real problem over there with H. pylori and looking at the different natural things and herbs, Manuka honey is their studies on that with H. pylori, licorice, fantastic for H. pylori. So all of those types of things, talking to them. And Mohammed in the Muslim faith actually wrote a book, a health book along with the Quran. And he said, uh, all health starts in your stomach. So that's pretty cool. That's definitely a common concept in integrative medicine. And um, that just reminds me like that the terrain is also, you know, the terrain of something is maybe more important than the germ that can opportunistically sprout. So that's why if your gut was healthy, you know, the H. pylori might not be able to populate it. But as soon as you're out of balance, that's when it strikes. Yeah, it can. And getting and giving a probiotic, and then there's another product that I think is a fermented mold product that's off from like buckwheat. No, I'm not sure. It's like a miracle for putting that GI in the right the lower GI in the right pH. And it's a miracle for people that have itching anuses. It like immediately, they think you're a, a miracle worker for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's all uh, Western medicine. The solution is like hydrocortisone suppositories. That's pretty much it. Um, okay, so that's really interesting. So with the girl that you mentioned with the rheumatoid arthritis, uh, how did you come to, um, fix her disbalanced gut and her missing these probiotics, these organisms? You always start with the diet, right? And we have to get the diet in balance. She chose to do a more vegan vegetarian diet. Um, I look at diets, uh, I prescribe all diets differently. I, I don't find in the long run that a total vegan, especially raw food vegan, is the healthiest diet. And I have in the coursework, I have the students, each have to have a different diet and they bring the science to the table and they look up the literature of all of it. So a, a more vegan diet I'll give for cancer. Um, and um, I something very interesting. Um, so I don't know if you've heard a standard process, but royally I use their items, but Royal Lee was just so brilliant. Um, I, I think I put him on the on the Einstein category, and I've I've gotten all his books. And I always try to look in the literature. Why did he say something? You know, and I learned about because sometimes you go to some of these integrative courses with doctors because they didn't they don't have the biochemistry and phys physiology that a pharmacist does at least. I had to have two years of biochemistry and my physiology professor, by the way, taught me so many things in the way to think this way back in 1980. Uh, when we walked in pharmacy school, um, they said, look to the left, look to the right, one of you will be gone. And we're like, we're raising our hands, but excuse me, uh, I have a 3.7 average in biochemistry and physics and <laughs> And now a third of us were gone um, because she taught you that the body is so logical and she would ask a question and every question was like this, but I specifically remember this question. If you had Addison's disease, what happens to the QRS wave in the heart? Now, having to think through, okay, you have to know what Addison's, what happens to potassium, what happens to epinephrine, that balance, and then too much potassium, what would happen to the QRS wave? 
And so she made you think globally in a functional way um, back then. So um, I learned um, a lot from her. So going back to the rheumatoid arthritis. So yeah, I gave her the things that, um, that um, and mostly used, used herbals. So I give things that will, um, first of all, is known to, uh, to work against those pathogens, like an oregano oil, the, the one that I use. So I, and I alternate. So I love, I, one of my favorite um, for the GI tract and also for H. pylori is um, golden seal and then also garlic. So they have a garlic that, that will disintegrate in your stomach and they also have one that's enteric coated for the lower. Um, and so I will rotate those. I, I did test her. Um, she was on the lower end, but not with the, um, with the um, she didn't have all of them. What I'm trying to say is she had on the lower end of lactobacillus, but it wasn't like no lactobacillus. Lactobacillus can sometimes be normal when you get the results back in that, but the bifilobacter is always really low. It's what I find. Um, so I gave her a, I like a lower multi-strain version of a probiotic, which has like 12 strains. Mm -hmm. um, I only use the high dose if somebody comes back with Montezuma's Revenge or if they're on a potent um, antibiotic, I'll give it with that. Um, and um, that product that made the pH the right pH. And then I rotate the different natural anti-inflammatories. And also I give um, something called, well, it's a liquid phosphorus because phosphorus makes calcium go into solution. So I'll have people with arthritis, I'll go, okay, um, try to bend, let's say they have it in their hand. I'll go, try to bend your hand and they'll just, you know, I said, don't push it, just as far until you're comfortable. And then I give them a dose of this phosphorus and um, I'll wait a minute or two. And I said, okay, try your hand now. And they're like, oh my gosh, what happened? But then I go back to what the, what the um, pathologist is telling me, no, there's tiny little crystals of calcium there. So obviously maybe I kind of picture it like a snowflake. They maybe are stuck and they kind of melt away with the blood with having that higher dose of phosphorus. Um, and then um, I don't know if you've heard the, uh, and I don't know if he's lectured. I've heard him lecture at a, a special thing I went to, the head of Harvard. He's an MD, PhD. He's working on the, um, the anti-inflammatory, inflammatory pathway. And what he finds is that we have inflammation and then you give prednisone or you give Motrin and it knocks it back down the hill, but yet the inflammation goes back up. We don't resolve the inflammation. So on the other side of the hill is resolution. And so he and Oxford are working with resolvents. Um, and one of the resolvents is fish oils. And believe it or not, the protomorphogens, which the company, I don't want to you know, promote any one company, but the company I spoke about earlier, Royal Lee came up with that years ago. And so <laughs> they, they put in this paper, Oxford, about protomorphogens, their micro RNAs, and said, where did you come up with this name? And they said, well, we came up with it two years ago. And they sent 
you know, articles from 1930 and say, well, I don't really think so. so. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things to dissect there. Um, so first of all, when you're dealing with an arthritis or an inflammation of some sort, uh, I also think about autoimmune processes and, you know, the, the immune system having to do with it. And a lot of times I also look at leaky gut and if, you know, the lower gut is permeable and things are getting out into the bloodstream that are not supposed to. So I'm sure fixing the microbiota and the flora and the microbiome um, has a lot to do with fixing the leaky gut situation. Absolutely. Um, that's what's happening. They're leaking. Those microbes are leaking. Now, some people at the American Academy believe that they're making mimickers, but I don't believe that. The pathologist, there's, um, there was a study done back, I think, in the early 80s, maybe in the 70s, where they actually they wrote a paper on biopsy, and they found Klebsiella in those joints. Uh, we find Yersenia enterococca, uh, at least 75% of people have that in their bloodstream who've got thyroiditis. So absolutely, I, I truly believe they're leaking out into the bloodstream. And some, some are just, um, you know, they like different tissues, I guess, is what happens. I don't, I can't explain it, but I, that I totally, and you know, oregano oil is so highly antimicrobial. Um, it has like a 99% kill rate in vitro. And um, a matter of fact, I was in a conference talking about oregano oil because I really love it. And uh, somebody challenged me and said, oh, you're killing off the good bacteria. And I said, have you found a study on that? Because I can't find it. And I've been looking because it you know, the way we were trained, it makes sense that, oh my gosh, you're probably doing what an antibiotic's doing. But no, it not only does it not kill, because the reason now there's a lot of studies on that is because they're now, because of antibiotic resistance, they're using that in pigs. So now there's a lot of animal research on, um, on that. And they found that the oregano oil actually uh, helps tighten those junctions hmm. as well. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. That's a, such a good point. Um, and in what form do you like using the oil? And just to clarify, is it oregano infused like olive oil or is it the essential oil that we're talking about? And are, are you using that in capsules or some other way? It would definitely be in a capsule. Um, and like I said, um, the company I use, they, they um, put it in a time release so it doesn't release till the GI. But I do tell people to use, um, to uh, be sure to eat something uh, before they take those capsules because they, they, they do disrupt the stomach. And I would never give it to somebody with H. pylori or anything like that. You know, you have to be judicious and think about, I always think about what's going on down there and try to I actually wrote a in a medical journal about using your intuition in medicine. And um, a lot of times I can feel a lot of things that are happening. I kind of picture it in my head. So, um, and I think if you meditate a lot, you'll learn that you, I mean, the greatest scientists in the world, like Einstein and Tesla said, uh, well, Einstein said, I didn't come up with E equals MC square. I got it from the universal mind and Tesla, he worked with one of the greatest swamis of all time from India, um, was one of his spiritual uh, people he worked with in New York. 
So um, I think there's a lot to that. And um, I know a lot of my patients, not all of them, if they, I don't push prayer meditation um, to them, but a lot of them have really changed their life because it changes the way, you know, it opens the world of possibilities that there's, there's nothing that can't be done. Um, there's, if you look at the biochemistry map, there's many roads to go to, 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 to the end of where you're trying to be. And how can I get there? You know, I really look at that map a lot. <laughs> so. Yeah, I need to get those maps. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have to agree with you. That's exactly where, as you mentioned before, the mindset shifts come into play and you can open up almost like that quantum veil just like E equals MC squared by prayer and meditation and, you know, open yourself up to a higher human design or, you know, natural design or just thinking about how we all fit together and that we are all one in a way too, just like all the microorganisms that make us up and how we make the world up. So a really cool concept. Well, I think... Uh, for me, that is the next wave of what we have to be doing because we have the media giving us a false concept and programming us a certain way and making us afraid. And um, we have to go beyond that. And I'm, you know, I did a lot of work with Joe Dispenza and, and different churches and things that taught more conscious based things, looking at Jesus' teaching, for instance, from a metaphysical perspective. Um, and um, I think that that's really important. I wouldn't have been able to do what I did because um, I would have been too afraid to do it. I, I've been lambasted, I've been called names. I had that chief of pediatrics jump off the elevator, didn't want to ride with me. Um, it's gotten much better from almost um, eight years ago when I went in the front door. Um, and but I was talking about this, you know, to the pharmacy school 15 years ago. They thought I was a little crazy, but um, now that's why I'm so proud of all of what you're doing. And you'll take what I've been doing to even. There's so many new things coming out. Like uh, I love PRP. I work very closely with an osteopathic doctor. Um, you know, I just gave a webinar on the immune system and very interesting. My great grandmother, who was from Italy, went to Buffalo and she died in 1920 from the Spanish flu. While my other grandmother on the farm lived about 45 miles away, nobody died or, as we can find, even got sick, but she has elderberry all around. And there is a study that was done about three or four years ago. It was published last year in a nursing home that had corona. And it was the nursing home was in Louisiana and um, they gave il the elderberry that was extracted in alcohol. And um, they, um, no one, you know, it all resolved the corona. And they talked about how it interferes with the RNA replication of the virus. So right now we're giving out a lot of immune builders and I made the elderberry the way it's been made in that study by an herbalist I work with. Um, and we're selling that at our pharmacy. Um, so I, I just found that very interesting, but I was going back to the osteopathic because one of the reasons they try to get rid of osteopaths a long time ago. And the reason they didn't, anyone that went to an osteopathic doctor or anyone that took Elderberry didn't die from that flu. So 
Wow. Yeah, that's good news in this uh, upcoming pandemic and panic. Uh, people all the time. So like I would refer, uh, uh, as I'm working with that rheumatoid arthritis, I want her body to be in balance too. So I would send her that patient. Um, There's certain tests in the state of Florida I can do, certain I can't. I can do it under her name or I just send her the patients to do the testing. Doctors love doing testing. So I send that to her and she's taking she's going to be taking this course that's coming up and learning more about what I do. But I really recommend for a pharmacist to not try to do it all. It's fabulous to work with a physician, especially I love the women I found are more open. Um, I will say the rheumatologist at our medical school is a male though, and he's very open to what I do. If the patient won't take the drugs, he sends them my way. So that's very special to me. But I think because we had a menstrual cycle, we don't care if black currant seed has uh, double-blind placebo-controlled thousand people trials for that. If it helps me to not have cramps and it's good for me with lots of B6 and omega-3s and 6s, I'm good with that. I'll just take it. So I find that more with the women physicians have that. Yeah, and I've also heard that um women in general because we have the menstrual cycle we are more connected to the cycle of the moon you know the lunar connection and the seasons we're almost more inherently in tune because we have this um, correlation every month that reminds us that we're part of something sacred and you know just tying us to our body more to the womb and also to the universe if you tune into it and think about it that way, you know, some, some people can think of it as a curse, some as a blessing, but that's again where the mindset shift come in. Yes. So um, thank you so much for all your time and what you do what, and your advice for other students. Um, what's your overall mission at this point, you know, with what you're doing and what is your message for other pharmacists or students that want to go into a more integrative model? Well, at the university, my mission is we're graduating a lot of students and there's not the typical job available. And number one, think outside the box. You know, um, I, I teach nutrition in a diplomate in also in substance abuse and did research in that like 15 years ago, what showed the more, we need to be, pharmacists need to be a big part of that is what I'm trying to say. In integrative medicine and also in the, the diet and helping these people, there's so many things uh, we can be doing. Um, I want you not to sell yourself short. I know a lot of you, I always recommend to my students, Dr. Lavery, how do I get started? I tell them, you know, if you're working with a chain, maybe there's a couple patients there that keep coming back and they have GI issues. Start with that and maybe start for free. Um, you can make, just with the supplements, you can make money from that. Um, and, but but don't, don't give your information for free. We've done that for way too long. Even in regular pharmacy, we, we have at the university things like chronic care management that are working with doctors and getting paid by the physician groups or MTM that we're getting paid by another group like a PBM type of a group. So don't sell yourself short. Don't get a negative um, because people tell you this is crazy. 
this doctor yelled at you, you're, you don't know what you're talking about. I went to some big school and I was top in my class. You know, these doctors, unfortunately, and some of the younger pharmacy students, they don't, aren't learning what I learned. And I, it, we learned how to think about the body instead of just memorize what to give for a strep throat. We knew what the structure of penicillin looked like or a theophylline or whatever. I remember we had a test with all the structures on it and had to figure out if it was an antagonist or what, you know. So it was very complicated what we had to do. So, but it makes me good in what I do in herbal medicine. So, you know, take classes, find someone that's been practicing, find a physician to partner with, a chiropractor to partner with. Um, find those people out there. They're all over the place. And I would say about 25% of the of America um, doesn't want regular medicine today. And another 25% are using something already and don't allow the grocery store clerk to be their, their recommender of this. And back in the 50s, vitamins were only sold by a pharmacy and herbs. So um, go back to our roots. There's a lot of cool things back there that we used to do, and it will help save people's lives today. Yeah, I love that. So you're not only ahead of your time, but you also are integrating like what we knew in the past and using it, it the best of both worlds. That's brilliant. And yeah. my, I totally align with that. So if you just have a couple more minutes, I have a few more rapid fire questions, just fun ones for you. Okay. Um, what is your favorite hobby or pastime? Um, I love gardening. Cool. That makes sense from what we spoke about. What's your favorite beverage to drink? My favorite beverage. I have a loquat tree and I make loquat tea. And that's in Chinese medicine. They use it for cough and it helps fortify your lungs. Mm, very nice. And uh, if you just had one, the number one piece of advice that our listeners can start doing right now to improve their health. I guess it just be conscious about what you're eating. I try to put people on an 80-20 diet um, at the end after they balance themselves out at least that, yes, go have the pizza and birthday cake. You're going to suffer for it the next, if you have to. Um, at the party, but you know, 80, probably I cook at home like 95% of the time, but um, you know, and um, I find underground sources for food, <laughs> raw milk and cheese and things. So um, I try to eat as much as my grand, the way my grandmother did, because she truly was at 80 years old on a, on a ladder pruning her fruit trees. So I try to eat that way. Yeah, sourcing food and cooking food yourself is so important. And it also makes like this mindfulness connection to it. And, you know, your senses are preparing to eat it if you're cooking. So it all works together. And the beauty of our creator. I mean, I never am, you know, people say, you're just like my husband that grows peppers. Like I'm out there, look at my tomato here. And <laughs> it's just such, you know, it's like giving a birth to a baby. I mean, it, it's, it's something supernatural, if you will. It's it's just, it's such uh, uh, at the highest order. Yeah, we're connected to the cycle of life. So even though we live in like a high-tech world, this is, you know, our way of connecting back to garden or 
cook and just look at all these vegeta vegetables and vegetation around us and forest bathe and all these things. And, and, and we, you have to do whatever you can, whether a prayer, meditation, gardening, to get your attention away from the TV set. Um, matter of fact, my TV is from 1998. Wow. <laughs> I, I watch Food Network and sometimes a, a um, Hallmark movie because they always work out in the end. Um, but, um, you know, get yourself on all the positives, look at your family, look at your children, look at everything around you and just be in awe of it because there's nothing to fear. If your body is got some, the worst disease, you know, it's sending you a message to me. Your soul is out of alignment Get your, you know, do what it takes to get rid of that anger or the fear. And you'll be amazed. The body can do anything. And, and to me, the Holy Spirit can do anything too. So, Yeah, brilliantly said. Thank you so much again for everything that you do and everything that you're teaching to the new generation. And uh, thank you for being on the show and sharing your clinical pearls with us. Anytime. And thank you again for everything you're doing. It takes time to put these podcasts together. I just love it. And I'm, and um, the, the people that put the websites and things together. So God bless you and thank you and have a good day. Thank you. You too. Enjoy your day. Bye. As always, please send any questions, inquiries, requests to me. My email is marina at rawfork.com or just go on my website rawfork.com. Leave me a note there. Thank you and have a great week ahead.